This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. up barry motherfucking d what is up craig some people call you axe (laughs) (laughs) some people call me axe that's right that's right they do can i tell you something what one four three it means i love you (laughs) did you know that 143 really yeah it's like the code for i love you guys this is the it's a hard next life podcast welcome to the show Yes. What the fuck was that? What am I doing right now? I don't know what you're doing. We have a whole new open, all new music, and I'm, I don't know what to do with myself. It's it's throwing us off is what it's doing. <laughs> it took us, like, how many tries <laughs> do we try to get out of the gate tonight? <laughs> it's ridiculous. We're trying to avoid the whole beginning we normally do. So Barry's trying to introduce me. If I'm, I say, what's up, Barry motherfucking D, and I want Barry to say, what's up, Craig? Some people call you Axe. And he's been practicing for the past, like, half an hour. It's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. Guys, it is a hard Knicks life, Barry, but right now. Right now. Right now. We have won three of four. Mike Miller's Knicks have won three of four games. Are you this always is... going to refer to it as Mike Miller's Knicks from here Absolutely. on out? Absolutely. From he... here on out. It's, it's his team. <laughs> oh, God. He's the fucking king of New York right now, Barry. Yeah, and you're driving his chariot. This is the podcast, guys. This, I'm going to call this the overreaction podcast because for the next, nah, I don't know, 30 to what, 57 minutes, Barry and I, I'm sure I am, we're going to be overreacting to these three wins, all right? To and be fair, to be most, fair, I mean, there is there is reason to... Okay, go yeah, ahead. Let me fucking finish. All right, we have the rest talk. of the show to overreact, all right? All right. Set the table. And then I just want to say, for the record, since we will be singing the praises of what's going on right now, that is highly likely that after this show, it goes back to normal. I just want everybody to know that. That after this show, we'll probably go on a 19, you know, <laughs> losers of 19 of 20, and you'll forget this podcast ever even happened. But for today, today, Barry, one, four, three. Right. And I'll allow that, all of that. And, and to be fair, as I was going to say, is, I mean, that's the most points they've scored, you know, in a non-overtime game in freaking since I was in diapers, literally. 39 years ago. That was the last time they scored, you know, more than 143 points. But I remember in high school, there was a time where you had like a medical procedure and you did have to wear diapers for like three weeks to high school. Remember? No, I don't. I don't <laughs> remember. This is your... See, that's just this, like... This the, is the, you trying to embarrass me? No, this is like the raw egg thing that you deny to this day. You don't remember that? You had to wear those di- those adult diapers? I think that's something I would remember. <laughs> Okay, guys, before we get into the Knicks, we should talk about the White Elephant Party, right? With all the goodness going on. Briefly. Briefly. Because I was the lucky fucking winner, by the way, of one of our great friends, 
but it would be funny to throw a Brooklyn Nets hoodie into the mix for the white elephant party. Right. There's only there's a total of eight people, so there's eight gifts. Right. Craig and I were both in attendance, so I guess his his thinking was I got a two out of eight chance or 25% chance that either Craig or Barry's going to end up with a Brooklyn Nets hoodie, which would be hysterical. And by the way, we used your wife's new rules, right? We did a whole vote. I actually liked them. It was this whole thing with the dice, passing gifts around. Yeah, it changed uh, It's hard to, I don't want to even fucking explain it. Right. But basically, gifts were changing hands like every Left every and right. Two and periodically, seconds. they were being unwrapped throughout the passing them back and Those forth. gifts suck so bad, by where they I was kind of really hoping <laughs> to get the Brooklyn Nets jersey just so I could fucking light that shit on fire. Dude, I was looking around the room. After this whole thing went down and all the gifts sitting around, and I, I and I said it to you. I said, Craig, these are a bunch of shitty gifts. I said, we got to come up with something next year where at least I'm going to be excited about it to go home with something nice. Your gift was a – the one that you bought was a flashlight. It was a shitty gift too. <laughs> You're right. It was a fucking flashlight and like a headlamp that you strap to your head so your hands are free when you got to work in dark places. It was a shitty gift. I admit it. And by the way, I'm convinced that Jason just – Bought that Brooklyn Nets jersey so he could try to get on the show. Because today he was t- he was texting us like, "Hey, you guys gonna get me on the show tonight about you know White Elephant?" And I was just like, "Nah, you got Mike Miller to fucking talk about." Right. And he was not happy with that. Right. <laughs> all right, guys, uh, we have been searching for a savior for a long time now. Oh, all right? Craig, I-, I can't let we you do this. We have been searching Craig. for a savior. You know, we even stooped as low as wanting fucking LeBron James on our Knicks at one point, uh, twice, I think. Maybe Are three you times. comparing Mike Miller to LeBron James right now? He's got bigger balls than LeBron James <laughs> and bigger balls than any fucking star athlete that has turned down coming to this team. Is that so? Who would have thought? You know, it kind of makes sense, right? Mike Miller's kind of like Jeff Van Gundy. He's not like, like Fizdale was a great, he had all the makings to be a great coach and a great representative, right? You know, Yeah, like, yeah but he'd been in the NBA a long time. Yeah. He's good behind the microphone. He's a young coach. Knows all the players. He's been part of a winning organization before. Smoking hot wife. Not a trophy wife, by the way. Right. Make that clear. <laughs> I didn't realize how horrible that term is. Yeah, neither did I. Well, I get. I mean, when you think about it, it is. Because it puts her down, you know? I mean, I, was just, I, I should have just said she was a smoking hot wife. I'm talking about a tweet I sent out. I know. But, you know, he Fizdale is going to Latvia. Wasn't he, like, rapping with Porzingis at the beach or something? He's just a cool dude. All right. Who would have thought that this guy, Mike Miller, is going to be our savior? He's better than Greg Popovich. No, I'm just fucking kidding. Barry's <laughs> looking at me like, dude, when are you going to stop talking nonsense? <laughs> dude, but I'm loving every second of it. Sure. Right now. I mean, he's coaching. He's coaching, number one. But, yeah, he's, he's pulling people out, putting people in. The way that like we feel like we would want it to be done. He's calling timeouts when it's appropriate. Tommy Beer had this tweet. You see this today? The Knicks are 3-1 and one over the last four games. They lead the NBA in offensive efficiency during this stretch, averaging 119 points over 100 possessions. Huh. Over the first 22 games of the year under David Fisdale, we ranked dead last in offensive efficiency. Uh, over eh. these past four games, we're leading the league. Craig. I love Tommy Beer tweets. I've, I'm on record as saying such. I normally love the stats he puts out. I don't love that one. What's wrong with this one? It's it's skewed. Big time. You're talking about a crazy one-off game that they had that is totally throwing those numbers out of proportion. Don't be uh don't be delusioned here. I don't even think that's the right way I'm using that word, but I mean that's throwing everything out of whack. 
well, they're they they never going to perform like they did this way with their, 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 the efficiency that they had, the field goal percentage that they had in this game. Their offense was was nuts against the Hawks. I understand, but Mike Miller's Knicks did something scoring-wise in one game that, like you said, hasn't been done in 30, 40 years or whatever it is. Yes. Right? Yes. And so even I'm, if it's that one game, that is something. Yes, and I'm willing to enjoy that with you. We're going to celebrate it right here, but, but I will keep you on track a little bit from time to time. But yes, let's enjoy it. They were unbelievable. I'm just reading a fucking tweet, Barry. Just reading a tweet here. I know, I know. And, and I know it was against the Hawks, but look, the Hawks were coming into that game looking at the Knicks like they were going to roll over them. I mean, two nights earlier, they almost beat the Lakers. Cam Reddish was wide open in the corner to tie the game at the end of the game, and he missed. They almost beat the Lakers. So they were looking at New York. They had us in their sights, and we demolished them. You know, it's two two teams with the same record, both, you know, coming off playing pretty well for themselves. All right, let's talk about what we're seeing that's different under Mike Miller, all right? Yes. They're moving the ball, right? They're playing hard D. They're hustling. They're diving after balls. They're getting after loose balls. Yes. Getting into the lane constantly. A lot of sharing. Mitchell Robinson, I don't know if you've noticed, but everybody is throwing alley-oops to Mitchell. Even Ugh. Kevin fucking Knox. I don't know the last <laughs> time I saw Kevin Knox pass the fucking ball that led to a bucket. Do you? I don't know. And in that game against Atlanta, I think he threw up two alley-oops to Mitchell Robinson. That's one of those things that fans have been screaming for. Like, why don't just why don't we do more of that? Yes. And it's like Mike Miller's simplifying this game quite a bit for this team. And I think his energy on the sidelines, his energy in timeouts, his energies altogether is somehow lighting a fire under this team. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just that, you know, that that new coach. You know, it's like like that new car smell. You get a new car, it doesn't smell like mold or anything. I haven't gotten that new car yet, by the way. Um, but it, it energizes you quite a bit. They have that new coach smell right now on there. Yeah, well, just like, you know, Miller addressed it in the post-game press conference after the Hawks game that, you know, he was most proud of his team not letting up at all and basically not playing or catering to the situation that they were in and just playing their game from start to finish. And that's what he's doing as a coach. He's coaching the game, you yeah. know, you know, a couple of minutes at a time here, here, here. He's not, he's not taking any minutes off. You know, he's, he's, you know, intense into the game and he's making adjustments on the fly at every turn. And he's playing it day to day, right? Quarter to quarter. I loved when he said that in the post-game press conference. Like, don't, don't change the way you play based on what the score is of the game, how many games you've lost in a row. Yeah. You got to find your identity and that's who you are. And you have to play like that every time you're on the court. Don't change. Don't all of a sudden become a selfish team because you're down 20. Keep yeah. chipping away. Keep doing what you do best. That's what the great teams do. Yep. That's what I used to love about San Antonio when they were like really at the top of their game. Even if they were down 25, they just keep playing within their system and they would always come back. But you've seen it with the Knicks for, for years now. You know, they get a little behind. All of a sudden, everyone starts getting selfish. Everyone starts, you know, Julius Randle starts trying to take over the game, playing totally outside of himself. Gets everyone less involved and you never come back. Yep. And, and it works the other way. You get up ahead and then you take it easy you think you can relax and take your foot off the gas and then all of a sudden you were up 20 and now all of a sudden the game is tied you know because the other team went on a run the knicks had 72 points in the paint against atlanta dude yeah that's fucking yeah. crazy it, it was nuts the, the bench had 72 points as well in that game 72 bench points well that's crazy i know <laughs> 
But you know what I really loved about that game was it wasn't a, this blowout win where we were just shooting lights out. We did shoot lights out from three, all right? But the fact that we scored that many points in the paint, I just appreciate that it wasn't, it just wasn't a game where we were just shooting really well. We were really getting easier shots than we're used to. We're used to this team's offense being so difficult to watch, right? Every bucket is a chore. It takes such hard work to score the ball. Not in that game. No, and they were having fun doing it. They were having a lot of fun doing it. Oh, my God. There were so many moments from this game that like, I've just been replaying in my head because they were so fun and awesome to watch. Kevin Knox, three-on-two fast break, leading the break, just splits the defenders down the middle and throws it down hard. Oh, my God. That was awesome. You know what you like to throw down hard, Barry? Crumpkins. Crumpkins. <laughs> It is a crummy Knicks life, guys. Using a family recipe born in 1950s Brooklyn, New York, and perfected on the east end of Long Island, Clarkson Avenue Crumb Cake Company promises to deliver you the finest and most delicious crumb cakes on the market. They have flavors like Classic Crumb, Blackout, Salty Caramel, and Brooklyn Joe. What's your favorite of those, Barry? Uh, Brooklyn Joe. Okay. Your taste buds, you don't want to expand on that? <laughs> You're the one who really eats, you eat these all the time. You love them. I do. Okay. Your taste buds will thank you. <laughs> Fucking Barry. Your taste buds will thank you. And they're available online in two sizes, the classic 8x8 or their world-famous Crumpkins, which are essentially crumb cakes in mini muffin form. Barry just pops those in his mouth, the whole thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Can you fit that whole thing in there? No, no, no. I, 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 do, I do it in two. Okay. So take a trip down Clarkson Avenue and Crumb get some. Visit www.clarksonavcrumb.com. Use promo code HARDNIXLIFE for 23% off your order that's right and and just before the holidays that you know that weird neighbor or person that you have no idea what to get for but you want to get them a little something but you don't even want to like have to go hand it to them personally you just order this online get shipped to their house they'll love you for it right in time for mm. the holidays you know what was great about that game barry go ahead career highs everyone's oh. had a career highs <laughs> season Mitchell highs, Robinson, career, career highs. high 22 22 and what, 13 he had, right? Yeah, you know what upset me, though? Is this true it was only his second double-double this season? Is that right? You're the tree. What's on your whiteboard? You want to have it up there? That, I, I, I'm just remembering now that I think that they said that during the broadcast, that it's his second time he's gotten a double-double. And I was like, what? He should be getting more. He what should be. I mean, he's on? been very slow start for Mitchell Robinson this year, dude. Extremely disappointing. But these last handful of games, he's getting much better. The effort, the hustle, diving oh. for that loose ball, you know, that not, wasn't even, yeah, the one that was rolling down towards the Knicks bench that he had slapped away and that he was chasing after it. Oh, R.J. Barrett, career high, 27 points, 10 of 13. Super efficient. That nasty dunk, he had that dunk. Oh. He, he got that, he got his face back this game. Did you notice? Oh, that nasty face? That nasty face, he got back this game. <laughs> nasty face, R.J. Yeah. Barrett. Curling that lip. Dude, they even shot over 77% from the free throw line. Fucking Mike Miller's fixed everything. Everything's fixed. <laughs> and then, dude, of course, Kevin Knox, his best game of the season, 17 points. You see this article that uh, Chris Eisman wrote? No. He wrote a whole article about a change in Kevin Knox's game that is helping him. And it's this shift in mindset for him, apparently, where he's focusing more on D. And he's trying to let the offense come to him. Uh-huh. Instead of... His whole game trying to make something big happen on the offensive end. He's just trying to make big things happen on defense. Oh, that that's that's cool. 
And I mean, it makes sense. I mean, we've seen that, right? I've seen multiple games where Kevin yeah. Knox is blocking somebody, right? And it's leading to offense. And it must be something that's resonating throughout the whole team. Because even Dennis Smith Jr., he stepped up his D. You love to see it. Mark Berman from The Post. Have you seen some of these tweets he's made? Yes. About how, you know, these Knicks have been looking good lately. And yes, the coach is different. But also Alfred Payton is back. He's not the only one saying it. You know, Alfred Payton missed 17 games this season. So it's like, you know, everybody's saying, well, what if we had Mike Miller this whole time? You know, you got to think, okay, well, what if we had Payton this whole time? He's been playing great. He has been, but he's not. Alfred Payton isn't driving these wins. Well, that's fine. But it's still, it's six games under Miller. And we want to see a bigger sample of, of where these wins are coming from. You know, before we automatically award these three wins over to Mike Miller, we, we, we want to we be able to assess everything as a whole and really get a good look at what we're looking at. Yeah, so do you know that between, you know, when the Knicks beat the Mavericks twice over that, you know, four-game stretch and then they beat Cleveland, I was just looking at all the wins and losses yeah. in that column on ESPN. Okay. They had, they were three and three over that stretch, and that was like eh, like fifteen games ago. So I know we're we're overreacting. We're all about yeah. Mike Miller, but it wasn't too long ago where we were in a similar. Do you guys remember when we beat the Mavs those two games? Yeah, how and, high we were. And, and to all put right? it all into perspective, yeah, we beat the Mavs twice in Cleveland. This three game stretch, we beat the Hawks, the Kings, we beat the Kings, and, the and we beat the Warriors. Yeah, like you know, bottom of the barrel teams. So. You know, yeah, a win is a win. It's great. Three and three under Miller, three out of the last four. But those three out of the last four, again, you know, we're at a bottom team. So, and, you know, we got a couple of juggernauts coming up back to back, Miami and Milwaukee, that, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think we're looking at a couple of L's there. The Knicks have been playing hard under Mike Miller. All right. Three and three, but they lost by one point against Indiana. Yeah. All right. True. True. We got blown out by the Trailblazers. Yes. All right. The Nuggets game, we were right there. Yes, just couldn't score down the stretch. We could be five and one over oh, okay. the six with Mike. Miller. All right, okay. <laughs> Pull it back. Some news came out today announcing that the Knicks had hired David Blatt. BOC. What'd you say? The BOC. What is that? The BOC. Basketball Operations Consultant. Basketball Ops Consultant. All right, he stepped down from his head coaching job, I think, like a few weeks ago because he was diagnosed with uh, MS. So I don't know if, if he's been given this job by Steve Mills just to get his basketball mind in any capacity into our organization. Maybe he's not able to have a full-time head coaching job. Right. I mean, you know, it could be one of these things. I think it was a couple of months now, um, you know, that he resigned from his coaching position. Yeah, because he wasn't going to be able to hold up to the rigors of the travel and all that stuff. So maybe he reached out to a bunch of teams you know, saying he still wants to be in basketball. He's still got his mind. He's quoted as saying that, that, you know, he could still be a leader and he's still got the smarts about him. So maybe he reached out to some teams seeing if there was a position for him or if he can help out an organization. And, you know, obviously he's got a background with Steve Mills from the Princeton days. And it seemed like a fit. A lot of Knicks fans were reacting like, oh, no, this is <laughs> a sign that either Mills is sticking right. around or right. or that... David Blatt's going to end up replacing Mike Miller. David Blatt is not going to be coaching, all right? Right. Now, I am concerned about how Mills is able to hire someone like David Blatt if he's on his way out. Unless I have this theory that Dolan knows Mills is a fucking idiot. No matter what happens with this team, if this team gets better, it's not because Mills and Perry put together 
this amazing roster. It's because Mike Miller is a fucking genius, all right, and is just a good coach. You can't all of a sudden say, oh, well, Mills and Perry were right. They know what they're doing. I, I'm convinced that Dolan knows Mills is a fucking idiot and said, hey, you have to hire somebody to help you out for the rest of this season. I don't trust that you can do this on your own. Who, do you, who, who did you trust to hire? And, and him and David Blatt are super close. David Blatt almost got the coaching job when Fisdale was up, when Fisdale got it. David Blatt was a guy I, he was on the top of my list, actually, going back to, to that when Fisdale was up for the job. David Blatt was my, my guy. So I feel, I feel better that David Blatt's here, to be honest. There's nothing wrong with having another basketball mind in your front office, especially when your front office is fucking Steve Mills and Scott Perry. No, he's helping with what? He's helping with international scouting. Which who's better than him to do that with? He's been over there forever. You know, his playing career, his coaching career, you know, aside from his short stint, you know, with Cleveland, that's where he's been. That's where he's lived. He, so he's really well, you know, versed in that that whole uh, scene over there. And then they threw out, yeah, and he'll help out with the G League team, whatever the hell that means. What does that mean? What is he going to be doing with the G League team? <laughs> I don't I have no idea. And the front office, you know, so he's going to help Mills, you know, decide what tie to wear. Each day. So now that now that we've won three of our last four, Barry, where do you stand on these rumors that the Clippers are interested in Marcus Morris, and there are the Knicks are open to trading Julius Randle? Trade. We have we have some time until the trade deadline. It's not until February sixth, but we can officially now start moving some of these pieces that we signed before this past week. I know on the last show I was saying. You know, if we can get a first-round pick from Marcus Morris, you'd do it. But where are you on Marcus Morris? Because everyone loves him. Every Knicks fan loves him. But everybody is sort of, uh, you know, it's like 50-50 on who thinks he should be dealt and who thinks he should be kept. No. Well, okay. So first of all, as far as teams having interest in any of our players, yeah, Marcus Morris is way and above Julius Randle, which you would not have thought that coming into this season. But if you're looking to add a piece— to your team, you're typically looking to add shooting to most of these teams. And Marcus Morris is showing himself to be a top three-point shooter in this league. By you the know? way, was that his career high as well, 36 or no? No. He had 36 against Golden State. That's a good question. I don't think so. I don't remember here. I don't think so. Look that up. I'm going to look that up while you look go. Look that up while I wrap talk. a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Marcus Morris, I think he's still second in the league right now. And three-point percentage. So he brings something to a team um, where Julius Randle is. A, obviously, we've seen it here with the Knicks. He's a much harder puzzle piece to fit in to what you've got. Where Marcus Morris, you know, whatever you want to do with him. 37 points his career high. Okay. one off. Okay. All right. But, yeah, and then as far as if the Knicks should do it or not, look, you've only got him locked up for this season anyway. I love the guy. He's a, a great presence to have. He's a great guy to have as a teammate and, and, you know, bringing up these younger guys. But if you can get a future asset, you know, specifically a number one round pick, a first round pick, you do it. You take that. I agree. And we have some time to think about this. I think that based on how we're playing lately, the new coach and all that, how well Marcus is playing, hold on to him for now, right? There's no rush. You're going to get the most for him, assuming his play doesn't drop off. I mean... If you did try and deal him now, the one good thing is you'd be dealing him at his high. Like he can't get higher than this as far as value. But see how it plays out over the next month or so. If the Knicks are really making a move and they're playing much better and stringing together a bunch of wins 
and they're getting closer to that 500 record, well, it would be very hard to trade him at well, that point. Well, then it's a different story. I mean, a 500 record in the East, you know, is probably going to land you a playoff berth. He looks really good in a Knicks jersey. You notice that? <laughs> he does. Does he not? He, oh, how, how great is it to have a player like well. that who can, who not only is playing great, is a great teammate, but then fucking the other team hates him. Yep. He gets up in their face. He stands up for his teammates. I love that, that player. Yeah, he's not going to back down from anybody. No, but when you can back it up with how you're playing and you're able to do that, it's a great combination in New York. And, I mean, he's not the only one that had rumors about, you know, teams wanting him. Well, you know, now there's reports that Minnesota and you know may want Dennis Smith Jr. How could that be? For whatever reason. How the hell could that be? <laughs> Isn't Carl Anthony Towns like real, like almost on the way out of that place? There's something I, going on I mean, there in Minnesota. I would think he is. You know, I haven't heard that he is, but I mean, they are playing awful. Minnesota's on a horrible losing streak. They're, uh, I mean, the last I checked a few minutes ago, they were losing to New Orleans tonight. I don't know what's uh, going on now, but actually, let me see. Yeah, I heard someone saying that we might be able to get. Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague is an expiring deal. Right. And he's good. Yeah, they lost they lost to the Pelicans, so their losing streak continues. They're playing horribly. Even and though Wiggins, that, Wiggins is they having think the you know, answer is D. Wiggins is, is averaging twenty five points a game. He's back. He's having an amazing season, yet they can't put wins together. So of course I would imagine Carl Anthony Towns wants out of there. By the way, what is up with the French Knicks podcast? What do you mean? I've I haven't seen anything from them. You haven't, Tom? No. Not at all. Uh, I, 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 I might, I might I reach out him? to him. You blocked him? No, I'm saying maybe I did. I haven't seen him on my timeline in, in weeks. He keeps tweeting the same thing out. If anybody even mentions Dennis Smith Jr., listen to this. Ian Begley just tweeted out that the Timberwolves were interested in DSJ, right? So in caps, French Knicks podcast writes this. And I have seen him type this up at least three or four times over the past two weeks. The same exact thing. Okay. What a failure by the NYK front office during the KP trade. Many Knicks fans clowned Phil Jackson when he drafted Frank over DSJ, but now Knicks fans will put respect on Frank. DSJ is trash, and Dallas is so happy he's gone. DSJ will be out of NYC soon. What a failure by Perry and Mills. How could you be a Knicks fan and fucking trash DSJ like that? He's a failure. DSJ is trash. Dallas is so happy he's gone. Just because his name gets mentioned? Because you feel like his struggles have now proven that the Knicks made the right choice in selecting Frank? As if Frank is, like, blowing it up every game. Yeah, dude, whatever happens between DSJ and Frank, and if you want to continue to compare these two, whatever happens, Frank Nilekina is never going to be a number— What was he, number eight? pick yeah. six number six what, what whatever eight. he was i think it was eight Doesn't well whatever it was matter. he's he's never gonna live up to being a top 10 draft pick and he's dennis smith jr might not either no he won't all right so if, if frank nilkina is slightly has an edge over dsj it's no reason to fucking go ballistic saying shit like now now the knicks fans will put respect on your name for what yeah we're not gonna we're not throwing shit on either one of them <laughs> All right. They don't they, they it's not up to them where they get drafted. It was, you know, whoever scouted them out, you know, that put them in that slot. You know, and that's the only that's the only reason why you hear people call Nilakina a bust. If he was drafted a little bit further down, probably where he should have been, even if he was like 15, he wouldn't be judged the way that he is. You want to listen to some voicemails, Barry? Sure. Here's one. Oh, hi, my name's Steve Mills, and I'm just going to say I am one big fucking idiot, and I make sure 
that for all of you Knicks fans, it's going to continue to be a hard Knicks life. They're bitter. All right, so that was Macho Man Randy Savage pretending to be Steve Mills. Oh, is that what that was? I I assume. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Guys, we, we, we don't get that. Why don't we get voicemails anymore? We got two this week, huh. and one is a Macho Man Randy Savage doing an impression of Steve Mills that sounds like Yogi Bear. <laughs> Here's another. Hey, this is Chris from Long Island. I was just wondering if you guys had any input on a Julius Randle possible trade do you guys think he will be traded and if so what kind of value do you think he has all right that's a hard question it is it is tough julius has had a tough start to the year but he's also had some some good games and he's still very young his contract is not bad because it's this year and next year it's a team option for the third year he had a slick pass to rj in that hawks game though i'm not i'm not a super like anti-julius randall guy i know this is He's turned it. No, well, the thing is, he's turned it around Knicks a little bit. Fans. Even in the Hawks game, though, like he started off the game pretty badly. He took yes, a few bad shots. He missed like his first three shots, but he ended up putting together, you know, a solid game. And and he started making you know better decisions. I mean, he he's ended up you know he's been making some pretty great shots as of late. Um, so you can kind of see what he's capable of doing. Um, this Hawks game, I think, was the first game I've seen him smile, like like while he's in the game. You know, and, and you can't say it's just because they were up by so many because Mitchell Robinson, he didn't smile at all the whole game. It doesn't matter if they're up 30 oh, points and he puts dude. it down. He is he, – when he is on the court and it's game time, oh, my God, does he change. I'm sorry we're like – we're ra- like de- I'm derailing the conversation over to Mitch from Julius, but we got to talk about this. Let's talk about that because now you're reminding me about things that Mitchell was doing, that steal yeah. and then that dunk. Oh, and just his like his, his excited out. his excitedness. He blocked yeah. somebody, uh, you know, and then he like oh, pumped angry. his fist. But he's Did angry about that? it. Yes. Oh, that's the Mitchell I I want. Yeah, because off the court we've seen it with his you know with his show that he does for uh, for the, the for the Knicks and um, you know behind the scenes he's always joking around laughing this and that. But yeah, when it's game time, dude. I mean, dude, these guys want to win. They've been like bottled up for so long now. That if they start winning, you're going to see way more of that. Right. But this is how I got on there. Because Julius, what I was saying was, because the question was about Julius, was that Julius was smiling during the game. And I never see him smile, which was nice to see. Yeah, he's another one. I mean, he came here. He put a lot of pressure on himself. You know, he came here thinking in his head, I'm going to be the leader of this team. There's a lot of pressure on him. He had the, he was their big free agent signing. And there, sure. you know their struggles are getting to him. And he's trying to do too much out there, like we've said, over and over. Here's why I'm not racing to trade Randall, all right? First of all, I don't know what we're going to get back for him. Second of all, he's not on a bad contract. We could get rid of—we can just let him run free after next season if it doesn't work out. But there's no harm in keeping a young player like that. We've only had him, dude, for, what, less than 30 games right now. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page. 25 games. Like, what, are we going to give up on him after 25 games? I'm on the same page as you, actually. Give him some time here. Let him let him adjust to play in New York. The dude actually wanted to come here, and that's rare. We know that. He wanted to come. Don't throw him out after 25 games. He's shown signs. I know he's frustrating to watch at times, but he's young. Give him a chance to work it out. Give him a chance to not be the number one option, because I don't think he is a number one option. No. Like, hold on to him. There's no... Like, hold on to him. 
We want to build a team, right? We want free agents to come here. We want a free agent to look at our team one day, one of these years, and say, I want to play with some of those guys. There's some talent on that team. So just keep building this team that one day we want to surround some great players with. Not every guy has to be a number one option, Barry. Marcus Morris and Julius Randle are pretty solid number two and three options if we actually had a bona fide star on this team. Reggie Bullock is coming back, and where's he going to fit into the mix? We'll We'll see. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. Before we go out there, how are our floor seats coming? Uh, Pretty good. So I actually I haven't bet on the Knicks in a long time, but I did bet on that Knicks game against the Hawks. The Knicks were minus two, and they had been playing well. They were going back home to the Garden, so I figured that was an easy pick against the Hawks. So how so much I, money did you put down on that? I won 100. And then I also, the same night, I took Brooklyn. Um, oh. And that game actually was very close. It went to overtime. They had to, I think, I'm trying to remember, I think they had to win by win by a couple of points. They had ended up winning by like seven points that game. So I won two hundred dollars that night. And All I right, just so won, what's our total at? Well, and I won oh. tonight. Three oh, in a row. I, I took Miami tonight against Philadelphia. Alright, good. So the grand total is what? And Miami a was getting seven rate. points. They actually won outright. So I won a hundred dollars there. So we are up at eight sixty right now. Okay. My record is twenty and fourteen on the season. All right, guys, remember you can reach out to us. It's a hardnakeslife at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at hardnakeslife. You can follow Barry at Barry Dworkin. You can call us at 516-33-MESH1. If you got a good Steve Mills impression, Scott Perry impression, David Blatt. (laughs) All right, guys, next week we'll go back to the same, uh, you know, negativity as always because uh, there's no way this shit's lasting. All right, but for now... Mike Miller is king, and the Knicks are the best team in New York for this week. Remember, if you like the show, leave us a review on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you listen. I got some great reviews this week. You know, I, re- I, told, I told everyone on Twitter, leave us a review. We'll send you some stickers. Those stickers are about to go out to you. If anyone else leaves a review, email us if you're not on Twitter. Tell us you left a review, and we'll get you some of these fucking, honestly, awesome Hard Knicks Life stickers. They're big. Throw them on your car. Throw them wherever you want. Rep the show. It is a hard Knicks life. Barry just pops those in his mouth. The whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Curling that lip. Can you fit that whole thing in there? Oh, his tongue out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.